Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. If you had to guess how many people per day around the world are coming to Christ, 100, 1,000, maybe 10,000, Today, Pastor J.D. shares with us some staggering statistics that show a massive revival is happening all around the world in many countries. Sadly, we see the exact opposite here in the United States. We'll learn why today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 7th, 2018. Knowing Trump and his proclivity to uh, surprise (laughs) when you least expect it, it would not be unlikely that this, in fact, is what he will do. And please know that if he were to do that, it would have profound ramifications globally, even as his declaration that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel have had, even now are having, and I believe will continue to have in the days and weeks ahead. So maybe the jury is out on the nuclear deal, but to me the verdict is in concerning Iranians coming to Christ by the millions. I would suggest that this isn't in spite of the Islamic Iranian regime as much as it is because of it. And I'll explain uh, more as to why I say that. First, though, let me share with you a most interesting article in this regard that's published in the uh, Christian Post. It was on Friday, and let me uh, just quote briefly. When former Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad first took power, he said he was going to declare war on Christianity, specifically the house churches across the nation, the implication being that there are house churches across the nation, and there are. There are. One of the reasons for this is that even then, in 2005 reports, uh, they were beginning to emerge that there were potentially as many as, listen to this now, several million, million converts to Christianity, and there were house churches set up inside the Revolutionary Guard. Oh! The nation's security force. You know, the ones that are supposed to be cracking down on said protesters. Ken Timmerman, president and CEO of the Foundation for Democracy in Iran, thinks that 
It is true, and he has personally spoken to Iranian evangelical Christian leaders, some of whom are former Muslims. You would think all of them would be, but uh, truth be known, the mosques in Iran are empty like the magnificent cathedrals and churches in England also now today sit empty, once housing thousands of Christians. What's going on? Oh. Well, let me continue. The house church movement is broad-based and widespread, he noted. And though they are persecuted, <laughs> the regime has not been very successful at cracking down on them. And if house churches are indeed inside the revolutionary guard, think about this, it will likely affect how those people are going to respond and what kind of orders they are going to give to their troops during these protests, he said. Interesting. Those are going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Huh. I'm in a home church with some of them. The article continues. My suspicion is, given that they are faithful Christians, that they are not going to be telling their troops to open fire on the protesters. And so you could have an acceleration of the protest by people acting not just out of a desire for freedom, but out of their Christian faith, Timerson said, likening the Iranian house church movement to a force multiplier without being part of a political movement. By the way, the article which I recommend you read in its entirety goes on to describe what these house churches are like. When or if they worship, they have to be really quiet or not worship at all. You'll forgive me, and please know it's not my intention in any way to deride or chide the church in America. But would to God that we, for just one day, could worship with our brothers and sisters in Iran. We would never worship the same again back here in America. Or how about this? How about we bring one of them here to worship with us? I wonder what they would say. Again, I don't mean to talk stink about the church, but maybe for myself I can say, sometimes when I'm back there during the worship, I'm thinking, okay, I've got to remember to say this. I've got to remember to emphasize that point. I'm thinking about my teaching instead of worshiping. I'm just talking about myself, Okay. I wonder if I had the privilege of an Iranian brother and sister in Christ sitting next to me during worship. What would that be like? What would that be like? Would they be singing at the top of their lungs? I think they would. That's if they could. Probably be weeping. We can sing freely. You have the words on the screen. Messianic Jewish scholar and host of the Line of Fire, Michael Brown, wrote earlier this week that he believes that massive conversions of Muslims to Christianity is one of the best-kept secrets in the world, something he believes is playing a vital role in the rising discontent 
Brown's sources have reportedly told him that it is only a matter of time before the number of those conversions reaches a critical mass and allows these new believers to emerge from the underground into the public eye. By the way, it's not just Iran. It's all over the world, particularly in the Muslim world and in the Middle East. People are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by the multitudes, and I mean the multitudes. I'm hoping you'll kindly allow me to share with you some very encouraging statistics that I happened upon this last week. In the year 1900, Korea had not one Protestant church, not one, 1900. Today, there are over 7,000 churches in just the city of Seoul, South Korea. 7,000. At the end of the 19th century, the southern portion of Africa was only 3% Christian. 3%. Today, 63% of the population is Christian, while membership in the churches in Africa is increasing by, get this number, 34,000 people per day, per day. What's the population of Kaniohe proper? 40,000, shall we say? Every day, a town the size of Kaniohe comes to Christ in Africa, in Africa. In India, 14 million of the 140 million members of the untouchable caste, if you're familiar with these, these are considered to be less than humans, the caste society in, in, in uh, India. 14 million of 140 million, 10%, have become Christians. Is the population, let's say, of Oahu, let's just call it a million, not counting the tourists that are here on any given day, that's 14 islands of Oahu are Christians in India. In India. More people in the Islamic world have come to Christ in the last 25 years than in the entire history of Christian missions. In Islamic Indonesia, uh, I saw uh, Alex and Lily uh, here today from Indonesia. Uh, Lily's uh, brother-in-law pastors a, a blessed and prosperous uh, uh, church there uh, in Indonesia, in the heart of Islam. Indonesia, by the way, the largest Islamic country in the world. Did you know that? Listen to this. The percentage of Christians in Indonesia, Islamic Indonesia, is now so high, around 15%, that the Muslim government will no longer print statistics. <laughs> it gets better. In China, how about China? It is estimated that there are now more self-avowed disciples of Jesus than members of the Communist Party. Hey, um, listen, please don't look at me and go, wow, this is amazing. You can find these statistics. You can go online and find these statistics and many more like them that I know, like me, will really encourage your heart. China, listen, 
Even the most conservative estimates suggest that China will soon have more Christians than any other country in the world. Uh, Jim and Bonnie Melton, uh, part of our fellowship, spent over 30 years as missionaries in China. I had him share one time years ago about what God's doing in China. Can't even imagine. <laughs> it's estimated that across the globe, followers of Jesus are increasing. And I want you to try to get your mind around this number because sometimes these numbers can be mind-numbing, okay? This is globally now, okay? Followers of Jesus are increasing by more than 80,000, 80,000 per day. Let's put that into perspective, okay? Kaneohe, 40,000, let's say. That's two per day. Two Kaneohe town population salvation. 80,000 per day. By the end of the day today, tonight, around the world, 80,000 people will have gotten saved. And lastly, it's believed that there's an estimated 510 new churches, churches planted every day. At the end of the day today, there's going to be 510 new churches that will have been planted. The Apostle Peter in his second epistle, chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, if you'll just... Give me a little more time here. He says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day, a day, is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you. Why? Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Think about this. Every day that it seems that the Lord will delay in His coming, 80,000 more people are going to be added to the kingdom. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Now listen. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, question, what kind of people ought you to be? Answer, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. So here we are, the first day, the first Sunday, our first prophecy update of the new year in 2018. And this year marks 12 years since we started doing these weekly prophecy updates. It was in 2006 that I remember very clearly, almost as if it was yesterday, that the Lord was really impressing upon my heart to start teaching about the end times. And 
Bible prophecy because we were entering a time that was the likes of which we had never seen before nor would ever see again in human history, and that was 12 years ago. Now, why do I share that? Because the reason we do these weekly updates and the reason we will continue to do these weekly updates, I always get a kick out of particularly our online members saying, please don't stop doing the updates. I don't know where they're getting, I don't know where you're getting that. I have no intention of stopping. The only time I'm going to stop is when the trumpet sounds. And when that happens, we, we, one of these prophecy updates is going to be the last prophecy update. I'm just, uh, you know, letting you know one, one of these updates. Is a, uh, well, it's going to be, we won't have a prophecy update next week. Because we won't be here next week. Why? Because like Enoch in Genesis, who walked with God, he was no more. <laughs> because God took him. Anyway, uh, the reason we're doing these and the reason we're going to continue to do these is because we want to snatch as many people out of that aforementioned fire. This is our desire, to snatch as many out of the fire as we can before it's too late by sharing the good news of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ, the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and the only way to the Father. There is no way to the Father except through Him. I want to make one last comment uh, before I share the gospel by way of the ABCs of salvation. I want you to listen very carefully because I know that some of you are prone to kind of, you know, um, just kind of go through the motions. I, I, I say that in love because I do the ABCs of salvation every week, but I want you to think about something this week, please, if you wouldn't mind. Did you notice that all of those statistics that I read were taking place all over the world except right here in the United States of America where the church of Jesus Christ is in decline? Can I suggest a reason and again, I please hear my heart and don't misunderstand me when I say this. I don't want to chide or deride. But I do want to suggest the reason why I believe that the church is growing and there's revival everywhere but here in America. It's because the church is persecuted. You want to grow the church, persecute the church. I think about the church of Smyrna in Revelation chapter 2, the second church. Interesting, uh, the name is the nature of Smyrna. It comes from two words. It's uh, actually a crushing of myrrh. Myrrh is a, a very bitter herb. When crushed, releases a beautiful and, and marvelous fragrance. And it's interesting that Smyrna and Philadelphia were two of the seven, the only two of the seven churches for whom there was not a rebuke from the Lord. We just discussed in Ephesians that the, the, the church of Ephesus was rebuked for leaving its first love. The second church, Smyrna, was actually encouraged because they were the persecuted church. You want to grow the church, persecute the church. Could it be, could it be, that the state of the church in America is such that 
we have it too good. We have it too good. And um, we take it for granted. If we only knew what our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world are going through, the, the cost, what it costs them to pick up their cross and to follow Jesus Christ under the threat of death and the church is flourishing. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I want to share with you very quickly how to be saved. And I do so by way of this acronym, the ABCs of salvation. And the A is for admit that you're a sinner and in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 again. You are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or if you prefer, confess, which is what Romans 10, 9, and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Romans 10.13 lastly says, All who call who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whether you're sitting here in this beautiful church or watching online from anywhere in the world, maybe even the Middle East, maybe even Iran or Indonesia, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much. I thank you for our many brothers and sisters all over the world. As difficult as it is for them, I thank you for them. We do certainly pray for those in Iran particularly during this uprising and these protests. And we pray that, Lord, as only you can, in and through this, you will bring multitudes more into the kingdom. And not just there, but here, Lord. For anyone here today, Lord, that has never called upon you, I pray that today they would put their trust in you and call upon you and be saved. Thank you. And Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, Log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.